What is up and welcome to 24 Minutes of the Oscars, the podcast that takes a look at the 2023 Oscars 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we're switching it up. We have locked away our regular 24 minutes of A24 podcast in the boiler room from Climax. Uh, and now we are 24 minutes of the Oscars. We have been born. Here we are. We are here. It is a, a, a new segment, a new season, a new rendition, iteration of the podcast. Ben, how does it feel to be reborn? Reborn into something brand new, celebrating the very thing that Hollywood uh, tries so very hard to achieve with every single movie. I mean, I can't wait to to do this. Like we we've talked about it. I mean, obviously this all happened because of a little Twitter conversation that we uh-huh. had. You're like, mm-hmm. I wish I had a pod that I could talk about the Oscars. And I'm like, I also wish that and we <laughs> have one. So like, we can just like change it. Let's do that. And we did. And I, I think it's a great choice. I'm super excited. I hope everyone that's here for the A24 content uh, continues to hang around. Yep. I have a feeling there's going to be at least one, if not more, A24 movies that end up in our best picture conversations. Uh, so we're not going completely, you know, off off the um, road here, whatever, with this. So uh, I'm excited, though, to talk about these best pictures um, and kind of switch it up for a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited. I love Oscars drama. I do. And it's, it is meaningless, and, and, and it means everything all at the yeah. same time. Um, the Oscars don't mean anything to anybody, but we care deeply about the Oscars. And no matter what kind of show they put out, no matter who gets nominated, we are going to watch. And we're going to watch like our lives depend on it. Because, frankly, um, my life depends on it. And, and the, the, the state uh, of movie theaters depends on it, really, yeah, realistically, yeah. let's be honest. Um, so I'm glad that we could, we could birth a new podcast here, just like, uh, just like men, right? Just like the end of men. Here we're we just are. reiterating the podcast as, as time unfolds. <laughs> I, like that, yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking of a uh, lamb, but men's even more messed that's, up. So I think that's, that's fair. <laughs> Fuck man. A 24, just, just coming through with all of the, uh, all of the comparisons. We are two months away, over two months away from the Oscars that are taking place on March 12th, 2023. Like you said, both you and I, we just want to talk about the Oscars. We love the award season and the Oscars, and we want to talk about it. So if you're here for A24 content, do not stray, do not leave us, because we know at least that Everything Everywhere All at Once will be nominated for a Best Picture um, slot and a Best Picture winner, so we will see what happens with that film. Over the next 11 weeks, we are going to break down each Best Picture nominee Week by week, we are going to start with everything, everywhere, all at once. That is the first movie on this list to kind of bridge the gap between A24 and the Oscars. We've got 11 weeks until the biggest night in Hollywood uh, takes place. And for the first three episodes of this series, we're guessing. We're taking our best stab at what is going to be nominated for Best Picture. The nomination list comes out on January 24th. Until then, we have three episodes. We've already talked about everything, everywhere, all at once with some wonderful guests, by the way, which is going to be a great episode. Um, and and it's going to be really, really exciting to talk about all of this. So our first episode, breaking all of this down, is taking place on January 6th, 2023, the first Friday in January. That's going to mark season three of our podcast. Yeah. Um, every single week, we're talking about a new Best Picture nominee so we are going to be talking about all kinds of different movies, cinema, forms of film. Um, ben, are you ready to talk Oscars? Are you ready to diverge from the A24 corner of the world and, and expand our horizons? 
one last time, I just want to say fuck the witch. Um, but yeah, I'm ready now to switch my mind frame into the Oscars. <laughs> Had to get it in. Let's let's do this. Had to get it in. The last dig, the Had last to. day 24 dig for 11 <laughs> weeks. You love to see it. Um, I want to know right off of the bat, we have a wonderful episode planned here right now. Kind of a a preview episode, yeah. if you will. A little um, a little a mouge bouche to our 11 weeks of Oscars talk. We have senior editor, uh, senior awards editor at Variety, Clayton Davis. He's been on the podcast before talking about his uh, much famed A24 yeah. ranking for Variety in which he, he absolutely slandered Uncut Gems. But, you know, <laughs> that's we, we hashed it out. We talked yeah, about it. It's all good. It uh, we brought him back to talk about the Oscars because that's really his wheelhouse. That's what he does. Um, he was at the Gotham Awards. He was hanging out with the Safties. He was hanging out with Adam Sandler. Um, incredible things. And we have a conversation with him coming up right now in the next few minutes. Uh, stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Stick around to listen to that. Um, Mr. Oscars himself. We get 10 slots for best pictures. Do you want to take a stab just to kind of level set where you are heading into Oscar season? What your 10 best picture nominees will be or are going to be? Like, so every year when I fill out my, you know, Oscars predictions, I do a, what I think will win and what I want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I, I want everything everywhere to win. That's still my favorite movie of the year. I love that movie so much. Um, but I don't think it's actually like going to win. Uh, it's hard, you know, when you have, there, there's just like, there's a lot of storylines here. It's also fun about the Oscars. You have Spielberg making a movie about his life, you know, just one of the most celebrated yeah. directors in cinema history. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to tell my story now. And it's Paul Dano, you know, it's uh, Michelle Williams. It's such a great cast and the movie is very well done. And I think, you know, the voting body really likes Spielberg understandably, but we also like Tom Cruise has never really gotten a ton of like Oscar recognition in what might be one of the best movies of the entire year. Like Maverick is amazing. It is just one of the best theater experiences I had. So there's so much there. I think those would be, you know, my top three. Elvis works in there. I had a lot of fun with that. I feel like it's maybe kind of a divisive movie. You, you're either into Baz Luhrmann or you're not. Yeah. Um, luckily, I am. And I thought this big, was Big Baz like, heads here on the pod. We're both yeah, Baz heads. Yeah. I mean, I went into it. It's like, what is Tom Hanks doing? But, you know, I just didn't <laughs> care. It was like, once I started watching, like, oh, this is yeah. fun. I'm having a really good time. Yeah. Um, and then I'd probably for fifth. I probably go with tar. I think that seems a lot like kind of the voting bodies, like kind of movie they like to praise at least whatever. So mm-hmm. those would be my five, um, you know, as the weeks go on, I think we'll keep giving our predictions on how it's going to go, but that, that's what I'll go for my top five for right now. I love that. Um, that's a good, good way to go. A good kind of way to get started here. Um, I will say on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at 24 minutes of a 24. Our handle is not going to change. Um, but follow us because every Monday I will tweet the movie that we are going to be covering moving into Oscar season. So you have a week to watch it and, and get, you know, get your bearings straight before you listen to us talk about it. Um, so you don't miss anything. So you don't fall behind on the Oscar schedule because it seems 11 weeks seems like a long time. It moves pretty fast. And, yeah. and once Oscar steam really picks up, then um, it kind of keeps going. I think for nominations, um, you know, it's really interesting we talked to Clayton here in this conversation coming up about his his article that's ever changing every Thursday on Variety. He updates his power rankings um, to include everything that he thinks is is going to be in and what is going to win. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is the best theater experience I've had of the year. Um, so yeah, you're you're totally right in that. I think Maverick is in there. 
You've got the Fablemans. Um, we've got the Banshees of Inner Sharon, I think is going to be a big case for, for best picture, especially considering it'll probably win. Um, screenplay and director and uh, Colin Farrell could very well win best actor um, yeah. up against Austin Butler. I think this year we're going to have a lot of interesting races and a lot of interesting campaigning. So I'm very curious to see kind of how all of that goes. Everything, everywhere, all at once is going to be in the mix. We know that. Um, I'm a tar head. I want tar to just sweep. I want the tar sweep. I want it to happen. <laughs> I want Kate Blanchett to win. I want Todd Field to win. Um, I want everybody just to watch tar so we can just all talk about tar. So when we have the tar episode, I will be insufferable. I cannot wait. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. Um, it's going to be sweet. Uh, Elvis, you mentioned, I think Avatar The Way of Water is going to be in there. I think I, I know women talking is going to be in there. You and I have not had the chance to see it yet, um, but I know it's going to be in there. I think Glass Onion is actually going to be in there. Um, okay. And I would, I would put 10 at Babylon. Honestly, I, I think Babylon is going to be in there. Um, Clinton and I have a little, little thing about Babylon. You'll hear about it. It's good time. Um, I think it's going to get best picture nominated. I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, honestly, are you a fan of Damien Chazelle? Is that, is that, he's, you know what? He's okay. He's, he's all okay. right. It's, yeah. it's okay. He, he's he's learning. Right. <laughs> he's growing. He's all right. He's made some he's hits. His best. Yeah. He's doing, yeah. He's like trying. He's, he's trying, trying really hard out there, yeah. honestly. He's trying his best. Um, but we had a great conversation with Clayton. Um, I'm very excited for people to listen to it. Any other things to mention before we dive into, into the conversation that we had with Clayton? No, nothing in particular other than this was just like a really great conversation. He gave us, I think, a lot more time than we even you know deserved yeah. he was a wonderful guest got some cool insights on some things so yeah check out this conversation with clayton um and yeah come hang out with us next week yeah it's going to be incredible be sure to stay tuned every week for brand new best picture nominees um and yeah check out this conversation by uh senior awards editor clayton davis Returning to the podcast to talk about the Oscars some more is uh, Mr. Oscars himself, Clayton Davis from Variety. Clayton is the senior awards editor at Variety, as well as the founder of the Latino Entertainment Journalists Association, a member of the BAFTA, the American or the African American Film Critics Association and Black Film Critics Circle sits on the board of directors for the Critics' Choice Association. Clayton hosts a uh, Variety Awards circuit podcast and Variety's The Take, as well as Variety's Actors on Actors, which I will say has, has been sublime this season. Yeah. Very impressive. Uh, and he's been writing some incredible articles predicting nominees and winners of the 2023 Oscars. Clayton, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Uh, you forgot to in include a love walks on the beach. I love, I love lattes so much. That's my go-to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's All those accolades uh, are out of time, you know, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> um, not an Oscar winner though yet. I'm trying uh, yeah. to yeah. Wait, wait, wait for him to do it. I want an honorary one. I don't even want to win one. I want them to invite me to the governor's awards and be like, here. That's there yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the goal. 50 that's years the from real now. reward. Yeah, that's the good one. Oh man, yeah. I mean, in there talking about sitting at the board of directors, like we were just talking, you know, before. It's like you're sitting with the Safties and Sandler. That's the that's the table I want to be at. Yeah, that's at awesome. The Awards. Yeah, there's worst places to be at. No, yeah. I'm glad to be here with you guys. I enjoyed our time together last time when uh, Ethan was hypercritical of my A24. <laughs> oh list. yeah, of course, you know, I had to be. You know, <laughs> Fine and then there well. I am sitting with uh I did tell the Safdies, by the way, that uh I got a lot of crap for not listing their film higher. Oh, really? And then they were and uh it was uh 
Benny. Benny mm-hmm. was like, this man just happened to be on the list. So I was like, there you go. That's, <laughs> exactly. that's, what, that's what I'm looking this for, guy, man. No. Just, yeah. just like a, a little appreciation. Thank oh, you. Oh, man. Yeah, the guys no. made good time. Yeah, they're just stoked to be there for sure. That's true. Um, yeah, like you said, last time we talked about your A24 ranking that you published for Variety. Um, and this time we're talking about the Oscars. March 12th, I think, if my calculations are right, we're 82 days away. Um, I'm, I'm curious what your take is on the long Oscar cycle, like having the show, I mean, almost like a quarter of the way into 2023 in such a long <laughs> campaign season. Like, are these deterrents, like, for the movies or for the voters or anything? Like, what are your thoughts on having Ooh. the Oscars so late? You know, that's an interesting question that we haven't discussed in a, in a long time. So kicking it off uh, out the gate. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how old you guys are. Uh, back in my day. I'm not, I'm not that old. You guys remember, like, so was it last year? No, two years ago, 2020, the COVID Oscars. Mm-hmm. It was like April 25th. That's mm-hmm. when they used to be. Oh, really? All the time, yeah. Okay. Wow. Like, it, it was only, I think, maybe like... Maybe like early to mid two thousands, I think. Then they moved into March, mm. and then we got into February. Mm-hmm. And I thought February is. I think they hit their stride of, of yeah. timing. Um, now a lot of people complained, and by a lot of people, other award shows because everybody wants to precede the Oscars. We're in the twenty fifth anniversary of Titanic, and um, back then BAFTAs were going after Oscar all the time. And so they decided yeah, yeah. at some point after that to then move before good lead in. So is it a, fe- I, I do, I would love for them to get back to February. I think it was a really good spot. I think, yeah. It, it, Cause it really, it, it, I mean, people are still discovering movies, so they may not know everything you're talking about, but as we get to a place where there's more streaming films mm-hmm. in contention, I mean, not this year, but like yeah, probably yeah. in the future, um, I think we will, I think there's a greater opportunity in 2020 was actually a great example. That was the most level field slate of contenders ever. Mm-hmm. Everyone had the opportunity to watch every movie mm-hmm. from their couch because yeah. yeah. they're all available. And yet still the least known slate of movies in recent memory. We did a poll that year, the most seen movie on uh, the best picture uh, nominees was Judas and the Black Messiah. 48% of people wow. knew what it was. Wow. The, the least, Mank. And it was on Netflix. Wow. Yeah, I was say, it's interesting because Judas like was on HBO Max, at least for that month window, you know, before mm-hmm. they... But that that stuff still confused me. Why HBO pulled it after and, and, a and month? It came out like two seconds before the Oscars, too. Yeah, so. yeah, it was kind of nuts. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation because I know that, like, you know, there was a... Uh, speaking of like Daniel Kaluuya, but like get out the, that was up for the Oscars. Like, Oh, that came out so early in the year. Like there's no way they're going to remember it. Um, kind of same thing with everything everywhere. Like when I mm-hmm. saw it, I was like, Oh, this is great. But it's like, man, this is really early in the year. But now with it, you know, being in March and pushing back from what it's kind of been, it's just like Thanksgiving almost seems too early. It's like, are they forgetting about it by the time we get around to it finally? But no, I think it's an interesting point. I, I can't believe that they were all the way back in April, back in the day. I think the Titanic Oscars is one of the first I really, vividly remember because it was just like man is this thing gonna take everything yeah. you know but <laughs> yeah. yeah it's interesting which, to think which about by that. the way if, if, if the internet existed today the mm-hmm. way it did then i mean wait i said that wrong whatever if the <laughs> yeah, internet existed right, yeah. then yeah people would have argued that they don't think it's going to be titanic 
Also, right. I think the preferential ballot would have changed things. I don't think Titanic's your best picture winner today on a yeah. preferential ballot. Yeah, yeah, that's a really so, good point. But it's something that you brought up, Ben. I want to uh, point out when you talk about like correlation, especially at the box office and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my very first TV hits uh, in, in this gig, uh, just following Oscars, was the 2012 year when Ben Affleck got snubbed. There were nine Best Picture nominees that year. And I think six of the nine or seven of the nine all grossed over $100 million. It was like mm-hmm. one of the most financially successful slate of best picture contenders like in recent memory and i still don't think i I don't remember the ratings of that actual ceremony actually i could tell you it was uh, 40 million people watched that ceremony which is actually good Mm -hmm. like compared to like there was still a decline but i think as long as and this comes to the greater question i think you're getting to how do we get back to the most watched telecast in history 25 years ago was the titanic year yeah 57 million people Watch, according to Nielsen, wow. but but greater, they said eighty-seven million people watch some part of that yeah. ceremony. Mm. Holy cow! That's insane. Bananas, bananas, yeah. insane. So the question was, can they ever get to that number again? The short answer is no, but no in its current format on broadcast. Mm-hmm. If it remains solely on broadcast, no, it'll never get there again. Yeah. On a coexisting streamer, I mean, we just heard the World Cup numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were astronomical. Yeah, I, I was going to kind of lead into that and ask you about that, Clayton, because that's a big thing. Last year, a, an absolutely depressing number of just over 15 million people watched um, and and. I would assume that more will will kind of tune in this year for the uh, potential of a of a mass cultural shifting event um, that might have that happened last year. Who is to say? But I am curious. You, you mentioned streaming. I do think that is one way to go. Um, what what are some some other options? I guess that that you think could be possible. Right? Does it start with does it start with the program? Does does it start with the host? Does it start with something like Top Gun Maverick winning and notifying? you know viewers that that a culturally significant really impressive everybody seen it movie can take home an oscar what of those kind of matters the most when you're trying to revive that show million dollar question right like how do you fix the oscars right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fix the oscars clayton so it's yeah, what right we've been talking about for forever um yeah. this is the, this is the cultural divide of our time mm-hmm. between the Oscar, oh, all right. So put it this way: uh, people. When I used to, I used to work in sales, and they used to put it to, to me this way: There's 33 percent of the population that will buy whatever you're selling, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, they will buy what, whatever it is. You don't have to even be good at. You could be the worst salesman in the world; they will buy your product. There's another 33 percent that will never buy your product no matter how great you are mm. they won't do it yeah then there's that the other 33 percent that's 50 50 they're on the fence that's what the oscars need to do to get as much of that 33 over to the sale to to watch the show mm-hmm. now the divide comes with people who say appeal to your first 33 percent that's us here i'll right. watch the oscars no matter what Right. Oscar, mm-hmm. I'll watch 10 hour ceremony. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm going to watch a ceremony. Yeah. 
still got to put on a show, mm-hmm. right? So how do you do that? Some people say it's 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 your host. I don't think it's so much that uh, because you know we filtered through Billy Crystal's a bunch of times, Whoopi Goldberg, Steve Martin, mm-hmm. uh, that worked through the golden years. And then we get to the 2000s, mid-2000s, that's when they start trying to change it up a bit. And then they go Chris Rock. Now, Rock is a great host mm-hmm. of hosting things that are, when it's Rock-specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you're going to let Chris Rock drop drop f bombs. Yeah, <laughs> you get we get a watered down Chris Rock. It doesn't it doesn't work as well as like yeah. normally it would. So then they started going through John Stewart, and I think John Stewart was okay. He was in his hate his height mm-hmm. of Daily Show. Ellen DeGeneres, I think she worked great both times. I think mm-hmm. she actually was one of the better ones. I don't think Hugh Jackman worked for our audience. He was a great Tony's host. Yeah, but not yeah. not. You know, he, I, a lot of people do still love him, and they will cite that a lot. So I might be actually in the minority. But then I remember, then they then they started doing the weird pairings. Mm-hmm. Then they did Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin, which mm-hmm. was kind of a whatever. Then the next year was Franco and Hathaway. Classic. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean the peak peak amazing Oscars, right? That's yeah, really hung her out to dry, man. <laughs> also, also my, my greatest pet peeve is, is illustrated that year. When nominees are hosts, oh. mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it yeah. so much. I want to kill everyone. Yeah. Like, I, I, I hate no it when more. they. I remember when they announced Alec Baldwin as the host. He was contending that year, quote unquote, for yeah. it's complicated, and he got a BAFTA oh. nod. I was like, if he's nominated, I'm going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't, so I was like, fine with it. But I get really mad about that. Ooh, yeah. So then that's when they went Seth MacFarlane. We got Neil Patrick Harris and Kimmel. Mm. On the Kimmel time. I think Kimmel was as close as they got to reestablishing the Billy Crystal era. Mm. Yeah. He say he is a safe choice. I will give it to everyone. He is a safe choice. But he gets the job done. Like yeah. I don't I don't need you to take over the evening. Yeah. I want to watch I want to watch clips yeah. of I, movies. That makes I do sense. think I do think that was the right call to bring him back for this year. I think the safe bet is a way to go and to kind of like bring the temperature down a few degrees when it comes to comes to the Oscars. Um, all very 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 interesting points for sure. And then yeah. now to go to the Ethan argument of is it movies? Is it what's nominated? Mm-hmm. Many people argued this last year with Spider Man. Right, you nominate Spider Man, everyone's going to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was the power of the dog argument as well, right? The power of the dog was like the big one and nobody saw it. It, w- it was on Netflix and nobody except us, except this 33% yeah. saw the power of the dog. And that was like the headliner. So yeah, I, 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 I see your argument. And, and I then look to 2018 black Panther was nominated for a best picture that brought in 26 million viewers and shape of water won best picture. And then they actually went up the next year uh during the wait what's the next year no no yeah they did go up next year the green book no green book year is black panther sorry that was 29 million viewers actually i mix it up so that was 29 million viewers and black panther was nominated for best picture the very next year is parasite 
mm-hmm. where everyone had COVID in, in the room and we just didn't know what it was yet. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So everyone, everyone, let's, let's recall the last good thing that happened before the pandemic oh, is man. Parasite won Best Picture. Yeah, um, we peaked as a society, and then we yeah. all knew it, and it had to go down. That's it. There was COVID in that room, which is crazy when you watch it. You're like, oh my oh, god, yeah. there's, just, there's COVID everywhere. Yeah. Um, Parasite won Best Picture. Joker was the most nominated movie mm-hmm. that year. Made a billion dollars. Joaquin Phoenix was winning Best Actor, and yet, twenty-three million viewers went down. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting. that makes sense. Yeah. So, I, uh... so people looking, it's about the truth. Of the matter is, and this is why I think the answer is long-winded. But people will watch a show as long. It can be as long as it needs to be. People just want to watch a good show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what that means. I think, do you remember, it was Black Panther year when mm-hmm. the, the Oscars announced uh, most popular film? The popular for five vote, yeah. yeah. And everyone hated it. We were like, how I'm so offended by this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the answer, but not that. Right. Yeah. That category. You know what the answer is? Best stunts. There's, okay. your, there's your okay. Marvel movie every year. Mm-hmm. That's fair. There, there's your there's your people's movie every year. By the way, incorporate them into a show. Let Tom Cruise oh my God. parachute onto the top of the Dolby. Speak yeah. it. Let's go. Let's see. I, yeah. I, I, I'm in a similar boat. I, I say you got to get a best ensemble. That way you're guaranteed to have a, a superstar, megastar cast of a massive movie that year. You know they will be there and people will what will tune in for that. My I do agree that they need an ensemble or a casting category. Mm-hmm. However, I think the award should go to the casting director. Mm. Oh, I love Be- that. But I am fearful, as everyone is, it just becomes whatever's nominated yeah. for best pictures and get casting. That's yeah. fair. But that makes sense. But if we can really articulate and educate the voters on like what is good casting, mm-hmm. then we could then we could do it. But um yeah. But I, yeah, but stunts like I just, people want a good show. They want, I mean, musical performances help a lot. Yeah, baby. Um, you know, some reunions are a big thing. I remember seventy fifth ceremony. That's the mm. year of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay. They brought all the past Oscar winners for acting onto the stage that were still alive. Amazing! Wow, Olivia De Havilland is on that stage. It's like That's incredible so to watch. Yeah. I'll tune in for that all day long. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We all love nostalgia. That's what, you know, so many of our <laughs> movies are about now. Anyway, it's like, yeah, let's run it yep. back. Like, show me. Yeah, let's do it again. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of curious, just a quick side thought here. Yeah. Kimmel to me is making me think of like Colin and Ron Howard to finish solo. Like, let's just get someone who can do the job <laughs> in and out. Just yeah. give us the movie and Walk let's move down. on. That's <laughs> Kimmel. You know, he's just like well, nothing you know, flashy. You know what's interesting about you saying that? Because I think when... When they got there after last year, mm-hmm. the academy pretty much the message was we're we're gonna overhaul things, we're gonna do things different. Mm-hmm. And they, it was time for a new CEO. They went with Bill Kramer. Who I, I love Bill Kramer, but safe choice. Mm-hmm. Like, he was museum head, became academy head. Yeah, safe choice. Then it was time for a new president, and. The top two contenders that I had reported was Janet Yang and Devon Franklin. Janet Yang was seen as the safer choice. Devon Franklin was going to be an outside-the-box choice. They went safe. Hmm. And then when it came time for directors and producers of the show, 
they didn't go Will Packer. They didn't go Jesse Collins and uh, Soderberg. They went Glenn Weiss and Ricky Kirshner. Glenn Weiss mm-hmm. has done that show a gajillion times. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. safe again. So it's, it's been interesting to, and then obviously and then now Kimmel. Yeah. So it's been interesting to see that they're talking about doing a lot of things different, but it seems to be safe. But I think that's because I think they tried to do too much too fast. I think if you're going to overhaul, mm-hmm. like, okay, guys, let's, let's talk about how we put a, a show together yeah. that will be fun. Yeah. yeah. And then we can talk about everything else. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. So I think that's a little bit of where we are now. Yeah. yeah, let's remodel the kitchen, not the whole house. Let's not do everything. Let's just one room yeah. at a time, guys. Let's figure yeah. this out. <laughs> let's do a room at a time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious. You know, we talked about the Gotham Awards um, and your amazing seating there. Um, also, like LA Film Critics. I'm curious what those kind of awards, what influence you think they have, if any. Um, I mean, specifically in terms of like the best picture race, because everything everywhere, you know, it took best picture there. I live in Utah. It feels like that's the only movie the critics saw here because they just like won everything for the Utah film critics. Yeah. I was like, you yeah. guys, it's a little embarrassing. Like you're <laughs> doing a little too much here. I love the movie, but come on. But, um, you know, just stuff like that, that like maybe a little bit smaller. That d- It doesn't necessarily have obviously like the Spielberg name behind it or something. Like, sure. Do you think that maybe get some of these voters to check it out more or like, yeah. is, is there any influence? No. no. So, so where, where the argument happens in film Twitter land, which is always a good place to have an educated <laughs> argument. Um, so the critics awards don't matter in the sense of like, uh, with we, the shape of water year always comes to mind. That first month of critics' prizes, we never heard Shape of Water once. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, it's over. Shape of Water mm-hmm. can't even get in here. And blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then Guillermo, Guillermo's going to lose. Um, like, it never, like, some of them are just <laughs> not critics' movies. Like, they're just not going to yeah. head over heels for it. Um, what they do provide is a roadmap. They tell voters what to watch. Because mm. voters, <laughs> the worst thing about them is that they don't watch enough. Yeah. yeah. So we saw that in real time last year. Voters were shamed into watching Drive My Car mm-hmm. because it won New York, LA, and National Society of Film. It won the trifecta. Cinema. That makes sense. And they were like, okay, now we have to watch this. And then they did. And then it got in. Yeah. I don't think if that doesn't happen, if it doesn't win the trifecta, I don't think that movie does what it does. Gotcha. Interesting. So it, it provides a roadmap. Like people yeah. now, people, voters know they have to watch everything everywhere before they fill out their ballot. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Because now they're going into their break. They're taking a pile of screeners and they're going to watch maybe like, say, five or six movies over the break. Mm-hmm. And they're going to see which ones they're going to watch. So, like, I think they're definitely watch Fablemans. Mm-hmm. Some of them still need to watch Top Gun. So, uh, <laughs> the, the, so here's also the little secret. Not a lot of voters see a lot of like. There are three movies I can say, with a good amount of confidence, that are being widely seen by voters. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, Elvis, yeah, and Avatar. Interesting. People are seeing those movies. Everything else, people are still coming to. It's 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 startling how many people have not seen Fableman's or Woman King yet. Yeah. When I talk to people, like they just haven't seen it. 
Yeah. But they will. They you know they need to be time for it. But they have like women talking. No one like I, I. It's so hard for me to talk to anyone that's seen it. That's, <laughs> that's a member. Yeah. yeah, and that happens a lot. That's, that's interesting. That's super fascinating because I. I want to ask you really quickly about, I, I feel like a movie that kind of like maybe is right down that alley. Um, I want to ask you about after sun real quick, because after sun has been picking up a lot of awards. Most of them are for, you know, a best debut, something that is not covered by the Academy in particular. Yeah. Um, it did just kind of, it, it's what I believe to be the best film of the year. It did just come out this morning that um, the sight and sound named it the number one movie of the year. Sight and Sound published their, you know, um, kind of 100 of the decade list a few weeks ago to much, much discussion. So I think that's really interesting. Does a film like this that is far smaller, obviously, and, and probably a very few number of people have actually seen it. Is it going to gain any steam moving into the Oscar season? Is there is there a, a real kind of tout here for any potential for a movie like this that is kind of picking up? as we go into, you know, more, more prominent season here. Okay. Uh, I just great, want you to great. tell me that it's going to win as win something clean. That's what I'm getting at here. All right. So, so, <laughs> so Ethan, let me, let me just say that you did the most on brand thing and the H24 movie is your favorite movie of the year. So <laughs> I didn't even do it on purpose. I swear <laughs> to God, it wasn't me. We, we, on brand, you know? we, will, we will discuss this another time. <laughs> um, but um, so what people, and I say people, I'm talking about normies, not us. Mm -hmm. Norm people don't understand the way you build the best picture nominee is you have to do a branch by branch yep. of the academy. Yeah. There are there are ninety a little over ninety six hundred eligible voting members of the academy. Obviously, no not all of them vote. Um, because some people just don't, they just forget or whatever. The largest branch of the academy is the acting branch. Uh that's why you see such a uh, strong correlation between the acting uh, the acting nominees, winners, and best picture because mm -hmm. large branch yields influence. So when you look at After Sun in particular, I look at that and I say, where who does that appeal to? First, on a demographic, what kind of voter watches After Sun? Younger voter, uh, I'd say probably international probably has a good fine for it. Mm -hmm. I can see like the British voting bloc getting mm -hmm. behind it. And then when I go into the branches, it's a writer's movie. The writers yeah. are, the writers have always proven time and time again to be the most open branch to, sorry, to open to different films, voices. Mm -hmm. they, they did Logan before any superhero movie came into, into mm -hmm. the fold. Yeah. They will go outside the box a lot. I think After Sun has a really, I mean, I'm predicting it right now to get original screenplay. I think that could be it. Oh, nice. Let's, let's go. Paul Mescal, though. Sure. Is, is, is a, I think he's definitely in the 10. Mm -hmm. It's a hump because he's not super famous. He's new on the scene. Mm -hmm. This is, in a lot of ways, I look at him, I'm like, it feels a little Ryan Gosling, half Nelson-y. Mm. Like, of like, yeah. but Ryan Gosling was kind of becoming a thing. Like, yeah. It, he was like a. This is not saying that Paul Mescal is not a good-looking guy because obviously he's he's dreamy. Yeah. But <laughs> Ryan Gosling was already kind of becoming a sex symbol a bit at the point. He was a Mickey Mouse right. kid and all that. Paul Mescal doesn't have that, so he has to be a purity vote, and those are hard to to yeah. do, especially when you have when you're in the running with 
super famous Hugh Jackman, super famous Tom Cruise, yeah. super famous Brendan Fraser, super famous Colin Farrell. Like th- those are hard. And then Austin Butler is already kind of that for mm-hmm. people right mm-hmm. now. So I think that the, he, whatever votes he was going to get, I think Austin is eating a lot of those. That's yeah. I, think I mean, he, I, I think he might have, I think he might have some trouble like getting in, but I think yeah. he's, I think he's definitely in, in the combo, but I think original screenplay is your, is your hope and dream. Honestly, you just like mentioning Ryan Gosling in the same breath as After Sun. Like, that's all Ethan needs for the season. <laughs> that was like, it. I, I, that he's was... good. He's done. So, yeah, you've already given I, what I, he I'm wanted. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you guys? I'm back to you guys on the real because yeah. uh, one, one of my colleagues here at Variety, Jackson uh, Murphy, asked me a really interesting question yesterday. Not, listen, I think Brendan Fraser in The Whale is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What would The Whale have looked like starring Jim Carrey? <laughs> Whoa, that's wild! Because I just watched the whale last night, and we have not recorded about it. We haven't talked about it or anything like uh, like that. I think that's a, f- a fascinating question. Or uh, yeah, that's that's tough. That's really hard. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think, but it's really hard. Like, like, and remember, Jim Carrey doing Eternal Sunshine. Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I. It's not even here in Utah till tomorrow. I don't think so. I can't see it till tomorrow. But just like understanding what i do about it like that would just be fascinating to see like one of my favorite turns for jim carrey it's not it wasn't super far off but is man on the moon like i loved him as kaufman and that was there was like elements of the slapstick but it was kind of a different performance like we weren't jim used carrey, to jim jim carrey under the thumb of an auteur yeah, yeah. it's some great jim carrey man brilliant yeah. Yeah. milos foreman peter weir yeah. michelle gondry they all got something out of him that we were like oh this that's amazing. And, that's and, a great and, question. Imagine him under a Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> That'd be so good. Oh my god! Make it, let's make it happen. Speaking to existence. Come on, come on, let's go. <laughs> um, I mean, before we talk about the best pictures, I I do feel like there is one really tight race, um, and that is the best actress race. Like, I do think Michelle Yeoh, um, you know, obviously, like the representation that's coming here with, um, hopefully, her nomination. Her, her performance is fantastic and everything everywhere. And then Kate Blanchett and Tar. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, you know, Ethan's got Kate winning in his poll. I know you put Michelle, you know, at the top of yours. Is there something you think that like Michelle needs to do, I guess, to lock it in? Like do, does the Academy reward more of like the, I don't know if I want to say insular, but you know, it's like this really tight performance from Kate Blanchett or will something like everything everywhere from Michelle just like, where we saw so much variety from her. Mm-hmm. Hey, variety, huh? Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. Finger guns, variety. Um, speaking but, of, yeah, speaking well, of fingers, <laughs> hot dog fingers, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, uh, Ben, this is this is the million dollar question, right? Best actress, it's the race to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh are pulling away from the pack. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's them two out in front, undoubtedly with a very still possible Michelle Williams to break that up. Like mm-hmm. really could come up the middle and, and do it. Both Michelle Yo and Kate Blanchett have two hurdles in front of them. They're different, yeah. but they're still substantial hurdles, which is what makes their race so tight. The same reason I am reluctant to ever predict until I really see it in real time mm-hmm. that everything everywhere is going to win best picture. Cause I mm-hmm. don't buy it for a, for a second <laughs> and I love the movie, 
So let me just say, I preface, I love that movie. Is I don't, I think we are assuming that the Academy got really cool really fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I don't see them, especially an older voter, giving a movie that has hot dog fingers and throws flying dildos best picture. Yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah. That same voter, that same voter may not go for Michelle Yeoh. Kate Blanchett has the power of the dog problem. People who love Tar love Tar. Tar supremacy, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I love Tar also. Probably it's in my top five of the year. Like I love, love Tar. But you either love Tar or you're not on board with Tar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think that's going to be and there's that. So where I give the edge to Yo slightly, and this is what I kept moving forward with is one is that I'm pretty confident Kiyu Kwan's about to win an Oscar. I think that's a good oh, world that we live in and love that. Yep. be okay with that. Yep. I think Kiyu Kwan votes have Michelle Yeoh votes on those same ballots. Mm-hmm. More importantly is the sad truth that we all won't say out loud, but I'll say it for you guys <laughs> here. We all, Kate Blanchett has two Oscars. Mm-hmm. There's that. We are all kind of knowing this is the only shot we're going to get at Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, guys, we've tried to do this for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and years and years. 22 now. years ago, we couldn't even get her in for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And that was two threats about to win Best Picture. And couldn't get in then. And we've tried multiple times since. Yeah. We, we had her star in a the biggest Asian movie of all time yep. with Crazy mm-hmm. Rich Asians. And they didn't do it then either. I think a lot of people are hyper aware of that. Nice. And I think they may just be like, let's just do this. Now's the time. Yeah. That is, and we know we're going to have Kate Blanchett back like 50 more times. Yeah. And by the way, it took Meryl Streep a really long time to get to three. Yeah. And like Francis McDormand hit three and like she hit three and we weren't even asking for her to hit three. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just she showed like up she's and tired at her acceptance speeches. She's like, God, you guys. I, like, come yeah. on. I, I won't, I'll never, like, I remember talking about that season. I was like, when she was about to win for three billboards, I was like, guys, were we asking for a second Francis McDormand? And, I, <laughs> right. and, that, and that's no shade. I love Francis McDormand. Yeah. I, like, I didn't know we were talking about this. Usually, like, there's a, there's a conversation that comes around this. Mm-hmm. And then she just, like, cakewalked to a second Oscar. And then one a third out of nowhere, and we were like, "What? Like, what are we?" Yeah. Okay, I guess we're. Gonna <laughs> I guess we're do doing this. this. Yeah. yeah. Gonna Amazing. Do this. You know, like and like Kate Blanchett. You know, like I mean, Meryl Streep's third also got was really messy. Like, they're so. The Academy's really tough on giving people multiple Oscars, but I do know that not as mi- they're not nerds like us. They don't know how many Oscars people have. Mm-hmm. When she was winning for no, when I knew I was one of the few that predicted she was going to win for Nomadland, and people were like, Oscars aren't going to give her a third. I was like, they don't know that she had, this is going to be her third. People thought that she just won her first for three billboards. They forget oh, about yeah. Fargo. Yeah, yeah. that that's is true. so so fascinating. I can't wait to watch that race. I think it's going to be. Um, I, I I mean, I think that's the the selling point of the Oscars this year, at least personally. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I do think there's a lot of other storylines, right? We've we've got the Spielberg storyline, and yeah. we've got the Todd Field storyline coming back and making Tar, and all of these interesting things to kind of the the minority, the more more yeah. minority of us. Um, but I'm I'm excited to watch that and and kind of see how all the campaigning plays it's, out. It's, it's it's a mess. It's going to be a mess. It's either going to be a super messy race like yeah. Best Actor 2002. 
where Jack Nicholson and Richard Gere both won the Globe. Daniel Day-Lewis won SAG for Gangs of New York. And then Adrian Brody won Oscar on the night. That's, yeah. Like, that's like that. Or it's three billboards and it's just going to be the same person straight through. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see that. Um, tar supremacy, like I said, let's let's go tar. Uh, tar is also Listen, on Nina, your Nina Haas supremacy. We need to make that happen. I'm, like I'm, be, I need that. Uh, if it doesn't happen, I'm be so bummed about it. And I don't <laughs> think it is because because good things don't happen for me. <laughs> but I really want her to get in. Oh, uh, you got to start the movement, man. Uh, tar is on your list of potential best picture nominees. Mm-hmm. I just want to say your list really quick so our listeners know if they haven't seen your list, they know your most updated uh, kind of 10 that you've picked here. And then I have a couple questions for you. So we have Top Gun Maverick, The Fablemans, The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, Elvis, Avatar The Way of Water, Women Talking, RRR, and Living. Um, I'm curious specifically about Top Gun Maverick. We've touched on it a little <sighs> bit being the kind of the, the movie that everybody's seen and the big one and there's going to be a big push. Do you, it's in your number one spot on your list. Do do you truly believe that it will win? Do you want it to win? Do you think it's going to win? Why is it sitting in the number one spot for you? Or did you just like randomly put it in number one? <laughs> so let me, let me, let me start with, with this truth. I need everyone to hear, really hear me. My predictions are never what I want to happen. It's just what I think will. Gotcha. Like I need people to know that in their bones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It took me a, it took me, it's been a journey to get to this Top Gun moment that I'm at right now. And it dawned on me about two, three weeks ago. I think it's, I think this is the second or third week I've had it at number one. And that means I think it is going to win best picture. Okay. Love to see it. So why is, I think the preferential ballot is, it's its best friend. Mm -hmm. Never about what's the most loved, but what's the most liked, what person's putting that lower than five on their ballot. Yeah. The amount of people that say to me, like, it's my favorite movie. It's the movie that brought me back to the movies. What storyline is more beautiful in a time where movie theaters are on life support. Mm-hmm. Our church is dying guys. Like, it's like <laughs> it really is it's on life. support, yep. And the movie that saved movies one best picture yeah so it could be that not saying mm-hmm. I'm, that's where i my the way i update my charts every thursday and i and i asked myself before i update it if the race ended today mm. where where would it go so that's what it's always it's always of the moment what's okay. happening right now so the movies i only the movies i feel that could win best picture are the top three Top Gun, Fablemans, and Banshees. I think those are the ones that actually can. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. I, 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 need to see, I need to really see that in action. The thing that hurts Top Gun also, which is, again, very interesting, um, I'm going to give you some Oscar trivia. Do you know the last movie to win Best Picture and not win a major Oscar also on the night? So acting, screenplay, or director? I don't. Uh, uh, I don't know. My my initial almost go to answer was Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Russell Crowe won. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, like, love like to Jeff, hear that. Like like Jeff Goldblum says in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. Yeah, it <laughs> found a way. Ridley lost director. It didn't win screenplay. All that. It's 1935. 
Holy shit. Wow. It's, it's actually only happened twice. Mm. 1935 and 1932. Mutiny on the Bounty and Grand Hotel. Interesting. Another interesting fact about those two, the only film they won on the night was Best Picture. Interesting. Oh, wow. So we're in for like historical things happening, potentially. We, like, tell me that that happened. I believe you. I'd be like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I always feel like your predictions have to tell a story. Like, what are you saying happened that night? Yeah. So right now, I'm saying that Top Gun has to do very well. I have, I have Kaczynski getting in for director, which is kind of a reach. Mm-hmm. It's not a big name. Have it getting an adapted screenplay, but it's not winning it either of those categories. Sure. Have it winning film editing, sound, cinematography, and as what I call the middle finger, visual effects. Mm. And the reason I had, because when Avatar lost last time, getting really nerdy now, <laughs> Avatar lost in 2009 to the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Yep. It underperformed that night because Hurt Locker gave a middle finger to it twice. It took two awards that it was supposed to run away with. <laughs> sound mixing, sound editing. Mm. Interesting. Avatar only won three on the night. Out of nine. That's crazy. And that's I think and I think for Top Gun to do that, it has to give it F to you. It has to be like, no, that's mine. Yeah. yeah. And, and what visual – I think when you have Avatar and, and, and uh, Top Gun, it tells an interesting story. Tar, I think it's your power of the dog. It's going to mm-hmm. have tons of number ones, but that mm-hmm. he'll get in everywhere. Elvis is your Bohemian Rhapsody, so go with Jesus. Everyone thinks mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. It's right there in front of us. I think Avatar is there. And then women talking. I think that's where it's seen. It's quote unquote locked in. Those, yeah. yeah. So those last two spots, this is, this is the mindset now. <laughs> there, I think there are eight movies going for those two spots. Yeah. In, interestingly, four are blockbusters. Mm-hmm. The other four are art house slash more Academy friendly. I think you choose one of each and then you go with Jesus. Interesting. My my one of each was RRR and Living, because I think I like Living that. does well with BAFTA British Voting Block, and RRR has become a sensation that I can't it really have. I, I cannot be as happy as I am right now. <laughs> you, you, you just watched it the other night night with your wife, I believe. I my, I, my, I think my I, wife's my wife's first time. Okay, yeah, I, nice. I have not seen it yet. I don't think Ben's seen it yet mm. either, which is like the the big glaring like guys, Oscars thing guys, for me. I don't know how you don't have a podcast <laughs> about this. <laughs> guys, it is on paper. First of all, anyone who knows me knows I'm a stickler for run times. Run mm. times are mm. BS. Like I think mm. we are we live in a world where two hours has become the new 90 minutes, and I don't like it. One bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for real. RR is three hours, but I could have watched for nine. Amazing. It could have went on forever. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. It is. I would give my children away (laughs) to to read the production notes on that movie Uh, and to know what they said when they said, no, I think this goes too far. (laughs) (laughs) What did they get pulled back from? Yeah. There there is a scene in which a man catches a tiger in the air and throws it at another man. It is. I love it. It is. A masterpiece. It's like it's it unreal. shouldn't be good, but it's yeah. it's incredible. 
We'll, I love it. Oh man. We'll promise you that we will watch it by the next time you come back. So please message me as soon as you finish. Please. hundred percent. Well, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny you mentioned that you talk about the eight that are kind of contending for those last two. Cause I think the biggest two that were off of the list, one is another Netflix movie with glass onion, which is like obviously still a few days away from coming out. And yep. then the woman King, um, I'm kind of curious, like with glass onion hitting Netflix, do you think that'll, you know, move it back up into that top 10? Um, what, yeah. what would it take, I guess, to get woman King back up there? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, to- yeah. Uh, w- woman King, <sighs> Women King Glass Onion are part of that four mm-hmm. that are on the populist side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Woman King needs to be seen more by voters. I think it's actually one of the surprising movies that does really well with the British voting blog. It actually is tracking really well with BAFTA. Um, I think we just need to see that. Glass Onion. So here, here's the thing with Glass Onion. This is the problem with Glass Onion, Avatar, Top Gun, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. There have been eight sequels in history mm-hmm. nominated for Best Picture, and we have four this year. Wow. Your yeah. sequels, man. That's And I don't think they're going to do all that. <laughs> that like, listen, there, there's even a small bit of me that thinks that maybe they just don't do Avatar either. Like, yeah. I don't think, I think they will, but like, I don't think it's going to be as much. Pa- like, Avatar's trajectory in 2009 was such a clear pathway it had what populist movie was it beating or was it competing with yeah people will say district nine but district nine was like i mean district nine is a better movie Mm -hmm. but it was an art house sci-fi movie and then it was the blind side and that came as a shocker on the day anyway and by the way it was winning best actress so like glass onion woman king black panther um and rr like that same kind of group and then living Babylon, uh, Triangle of Sadness, and she said, I think are on that other side. Nice. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed for, you, for some. <laughs> Did you love Babylon? Listen, Clayton, here we go. That was the next question on my notes. I kid you not. <laughs> So last time you came on the pod, uh, we we spoke afterwards briefly, and I was like, "Yo, give me the download on Babylon. I need to know." And you were like, mm-hmm. "Look, it's probably not going to be good. I hate to break it to you. I see <laughs> I see Babylon in two days because I'm just an ordinary person and I don't get to see them early. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. the 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 reviews have been exceptionally divisive, to say mm-hmm. the least, about yes. what Damien Chazelle is is trying to say, trying to accomplish, um, and and the route that he takes to do that." The reputation for divisive films within the Academy is is not good. It's not a good history. Usually if it's divisive, I, I think it leans towards the outs. Um, you don't it, like it, Babylon. It, it helps with auteurs. It helps with like a staff. Like, sure. Like the Wolf of Wall Street was divisive. Right. Also directed by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. So did you like Babylon first off? And because because now that you've seen it, I don't know if you saw it last time. I don't know. I didn't it was, see it, was, it when we spoke. Okay. Rumblings um, or whatever. And do you... Do you think it has a shot to be nominated? Is it is it literally out of the conversation? It does have a shot to be nominated because I think there are passionate people for it. Do I like it? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like like I think I have. Oh god, maybe no. But so here's what's interesting about the like. I mean, it's just a mess. Like that's like part of the big like the first hour. I said, oh my god, he pulled it off. Like I'm not. I was. I even thought of you, Ethan. I think at some yeah. point I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna have to go back and like." Let's go. Like, he, was right. he did it. He did it. And then it's a jumbled mess, yeah. mm-hmm. and it is 
it's also one of the rare movies. I mean, there is a masterful hour 45 minute version of this or oh, interesting. there is a masterpiece that is a limited series. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. I think Chazelle and I put him in the same boat as Adam McKay, actually. Uh oh. Because I'm I'm not huge like on La La Land. Like I don't think La La Land is I think it's that's, fine. That's fair. It's, it's just my they, favorite movie of all time, but that's fair. Sure. Continue. <laughs> I, think, I think I think La La Land is fine. Um I think Whiplash is great. And I think, so first, good. I think, I think first Man's good. Fair. I think like Adam McKay. Chazelle will direct his masterpiece when he hasn't written it. Mm. I think the writer director thing hurts both of them. Interesting. I think they can direct the hell out of a movie. I think like there there's in a movie I I'm leaning toward. I don't like it probably features my favorite scene of the year. Oh, wow. There are, there are parts of the movie where I was like, my God, like he's a genius. And the other parts of like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? And I'm three hours and eight minutes here. What are yeah. we doing? I, I think I think you bring an interesting point because he did just sign an exclusive first look with Paramount, I believe. So he's going to get the money and he's going to get the access well, to see, keep that's, going. So that's where this is where this is where I start getting really curious because I honestly don't know the answer to this. I don't know how much this movie costs. There are rumors about how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I think this movie makes like $6. Wow. <laughs> like, I, I just do. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you can kind of bank that Brad Pitt maybe can open it for you. I don't, I don't think, like, Margot Robbie is a star. Like, by the way, Margot Robbie. I'm never one to be like, go with the Hollywood, like, people think this person's hot like everyone just like loves them kind of thing yeah but i looked at her i was like guys like this is another level this is yeah. like she is the most beautiful woman in hollywood at the moment nice. and there is a moment in the movie this is part of the mess where she's her character says with a straight face seriously by the way everyone at home said i was fat and ugly it was like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, guys? why are we writing this on a screen? <laughs> why are we having Margot deliver this line? Yeah, oh my God. Uh, that's tough. When she looks like this, yeah, yeah which looks like yeah. Barbie, literally. Yeah, that's it. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, let's, Barbie's go, be let's go Barbie. Can't wait. Um, but yeah, so like, it's I think it's not going to make a lot of money, and then it'd be interesting to see what this first look deal. I want to see what his next project is. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big big fan of Whiplash for sure. I'm I'm curious to see how this you know pans out. I will will text me after that one too. Let's see. I was gonna say I will definitely DM you and let you know the second Babylon is over where I stand because I I feel (laughs) I feel like you need to know. (laughs) Yeah, my big problem and this is the serious part of it. That's why I really that's why I lean towards I didn't like it. He wrote he can write for Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. Every person of color in that movie is horribly written, Mm -hmm. horribly written. Like, especially Giovanna Depo, Diego Calvo, who's the quote-unquote lead, is man-looking from side, like, for the first hour and 15 minutes. Oh, damn. Like, he has, like, like, and then he becomes a director, a Mexican guy mm-hmm. in the 20s, <laughs> and yeah. kind of the head of a studio for reasons. Like, it it was, it's so bonkers. 
Hey, man. I'm people just got to get other people to write stuff. God, we got to figure this <laughs> yeah. out. Come on. We got to figure Every, this out. Oh, God. And then there was like an oh, Asian woman in it that, like, I can't tell you what her job is, but I'm pretty sure she's a geisha, which I'm like, maybe this oh, is a problem on. too. Yeah. Probably shouldn't be doing. What are we doing? It, it, it was so, it was very strange, but sure. that's interesting. Can't wait. Can't wait to hear Ethan. Big Babylon for best picture, bro. I'm only going to come on this one, Ben. I've lost my status on this pod. I'm done. This is so rough, man. Uh, Well, I mean, as we wrap up, I have uh, two questions, both very similar, but very different. Um, This will come out. You said you put out your new list every Thursday. So there's a chance that you think there will be a different best picture winner. So I would like to know what you think will win best picture in 2023 and what you want to win best picture mm. in 2023. So the, the, the top gun theory, a lot of things have to like weirdly happen for that to happen. Like, mm-hmm. cause it's not gonna win the globe. It's not gonna get nominated for SAG ensemble. It's not gonna win DGA. I think it would have to win PGA, but that would be it. And then it would lead to an Oscar. Yeah. Um, but I talked about this in September after I saw the Fablemans. I said, guys, we're probably going to twist ourselves in pretzels all season long to be like, it's this or that. But it's just the Fablemans. Like, yeah. Because the reasoning is I think Spielberg is going to cakewalk to best director. Like, because mm-hmm. n- Who's number two? No one can agree on that. And when you can't agree on a number two, there is no number two. Yeah, that makes so sense. So I th- kind of think we maybe twist ourselves in pretzels, and it's just Fablemans. Yeah, I but I also that. have a problem with how many mo- how many Oscars I can see that movie winning. Because then I'm like, so I guess it wins two or three, which is the trend, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah. It, it is that. What I want to win Best Picture, my my favorite movie never wins Best Picture. I mean, it does once in a while, <laughs> but like. I mean, like my favorite movie of the year is close. A twenty four movie, Ethan. Oh, Watch it. let's go! <laughs> it is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Um, I also love Bones and all, like more than most people should. Oh, Clayton, this it's, is no good. I did not like that movie. It is <laughs> on my podcast this week. It's Taylor Russell, and she is nice. okay. Do do not tell her that she I did a, not enjoy that movie. She is a godsend. Nice. She's That's awesome. To our industry, she was. Um, I did love her, but, yeah. but I love, but I love Tar. I love Holy Spider a lot. Um, I actually really, I really liked. Uh, she said I was actually very surprised how much I really like. Uh, mm. She said, and and RRR man, let's do it. <laughs> oh, it's just it's so good. Let's so throw those tigers. Yes. And actually, and you know what's funny? Uh, hot take. I loved Emancipation. Mm. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched yeah. it. I haven't found. I, I think it's. I think it's great. I think Will Smith is better in this than he was in King Richard, and I thought he was fantastic in King Richard. Oh, I loved him in King Richard. Do you think he just gets iced out, like, since yeah. Will can't yeah. be yeah. there? People, people, I think some critics saw low-hanging fruit and took some jabs because they mm. felt like they could. Yeah. Um, I, 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 like, I can see why someone may not like it. I think it, I think it's Antoine Fuqua's best movie that he's ever done. Mm. Okay. Um, I think Charmaine being one, Ben Foster, incredible in it. It's just like people just aren't ready. And that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
tough, tough bid for Apple there for sure. Uh, Clayton, thanks so much for joining the pod, man. I really appreciate it. This was incredible to, to have you change. back. Change yourself. <laughs> I will, work, yourself. I will, I will be, get be introspective. Better. I'll do some meditation. I'll figure out what is wrong with me. Be and best, then, man. Be best. Be best. <laughs> I got to be the best. Be best. Um, this is great. We're going to cover all of the 10 best picture nominees week by week leading up to the Oscars. So we're going to tackle one every single week. So this was a great primer to kind of get us and our listeners ready for, for Oscar season. Um, we're very excited about that. If people want to hear more of you, you mentioned your podcast, um, where, where can they find your podcast, your articles, where are you at Clayton? Uh, podcasts or anywhere you listen, download podcasts, uh, go to variety.com award circuit section. You find me there. All social media, it's by Clayton Davis, except for Instagram, it's a word circuit. But uh, I'm around and uh, looking for the next great movie to change my life. Nice. Always on the hunt, man. It's not, it's not Babylon, and it's not... <laughs> uh, is it go- Okay, look, is it going to be Megan? Let me just ask you that. Will, will, well, I, are you I a Megan fan or not? I can't wait for Megan. It, <laughs> Let's like, go. <laughs> I, need, I need that movie like to just... Yeah. Rock it, man! It it looks it looks great. It. <laughs> it looks it looks it looks it bonkers, stupid. <laughs> sometimes that's sometimes are the best movies, man. They're like I'm like no, this is gonna be dumb. Yeah, but no. it's fine. I mean, listen, look, Cocaine Bear is going to be love it. Film Twitter's yeah. favorite movie of all time. Big I mean, time. on a plane. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, I, I called, when I came out of Babylon, Ethan. I don't know if you saw my reaction. It was I just saw the internet's favorite movie of all time. It's gonna be yeah. Babylon. And yeah, looking, man. Just looking uh, where we are. Wow. So Look predictable. At this. Look at that. In the flesh. He's a father to children. <laughs> he's <laughs> the human embodiment of film Twitter right here, this guy. Um, Clayton, thanks so much. Uh, we we definitely want you back in the pod. Thanks for the time. This was um, an awesome, awesome chat. So yeah, thank you, man. guys. Happy holidays. Thanks, Happy you too. Holidays. Uh, ben, that was a great conversation with Clayton. That was really fun. We talked about even cooler stuff off off air. I don't think we can really say what we no. what we talked about, but honestly, uh, privileged knowledge, and I feel good. I feel really good about <laughs> it. We we talked to Clayton about hanging out with the Safties, hanging out with Adam Sandler, and I and I told him I was like, listen, next time you got to put in the word for me. You got to let those are my boys. You got to yeah. let them know. So I feel close. You know, I feel connected. Yeah, I mean Clayton was fantastic. I can't wait for him to come back. Like you said, we we chatted off air about some stuff, and you know some of the stuff he told me like made some of the races really even more interesting to yep, to watch yep, as yep. they unfold. So um, I'm very excited to have him come back. I think this is a great way to kick off our Oscars coverage. Um, yep. I think he was like the perfect guest for this. So yeah, now it's time to get into these uh, ten best picture nominations, which I'm I'm stoked that we're going to be doing. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, I do I do have a quick update. So we pre-recorded this conversation with Clayton last week. We were able to do it before the holidays. Um, I had not seen Babylon. It had not come out yet. We kind of talked about it there at the end of the conversation. I have now seen Babylon. I will be seeing it a second time tomorrow. Babylon fucking rips, and I love it. I think it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. I think it'll, I think it'll win Best Sound. I think that Damien Chazelle should just get all the praise. It is historically flopping at the box office, but I don't give a shit. Clayton, Babylon's great. Um, ben, you gotta see you gotta see Babylon, dude. If you could give them one <laughs> acting nomination, who would you give it to from Babylon? Uh, that's really tough. I think Margot Robbie is really, really good, but I think it goes to Diego Calva, honestly. Okay. Which is unreal. Like 2022 has been an unreal year for like debut films, debut actors. Yeah. This is crazy stuff. 
he is really nuanced and he drives the movie ultimately. Um, but I will say, if you're not into debauchery, please don't go see this movie. If you're into debauchery, you should probably go see it. <laughs> All right. I like it. Uh, come back sometime in the summer after I've watched this on a flight somewhere. Uh, <laughs> in, pu- in a Damien- public space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way Damien Chazelle intended. Um, yeah. I am excited to check it out. I'm Like I said, I'm excited to watch all of these. We want to hear from you guys about the Oscars. Like, what do you guys think about, you know, even our little switch up here on the pod? Are you stoked about it? Um, I know we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. How stoked are you guys on the Oscars and the race, everything that's coming out? Um, And what are you most hoping wins best picture? Because that's what we're here to talk about, all 10 of these. So hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. We are at 24 minutes of A24. Also, you can see us and all of our guests for the next like 10 weeks. Like this yeah. is a great run of guests. We don't do it Incredible all the time. Incredible run. Yeah, so, it's unreal. Yeah. Some of the people we got is crazy. It's going to be so cool. We have 11 for sure and, you know, maybe the 12th week where we might still talk about the Oscars. So 12 weeks of, uh, of guests coming up. So you can see us and them on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe to that as well. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi, and we're officially changing our outro slogan in honor of the Oscars, in honor of the immortal and legendary Tom Cruise. See you at the movie.